In this week's market update, the pound is in focus as the new UK government's radical mini-budget last week raised more questions than it answered. Meanwhile, markets continue to worry about rising US interest rates after yet another big hike and the promise of more to come. Well, it's quite hard to know where to start this week, from the plunging pound to Italian politics, soaring interest rate expectations, and even rumours of a coup in China. Investors are unsure just where to look at the moment and what, if anything, they should then do. Starting with the domestic situation, sterling fell at the start of this week to its lowest level against the US dollar since the current floating exchange rates regime began in the early 1970s. Talk of parity between the UK and US currencies seemed far-fetched a week ago. Now it looks like a matter of when, not if. At its worst, in Asian trading on Monday morning, sterling fell to a dollar three before bouncing a little as markets opened in Europe. That still means it's lost around a quarter of its value since the start of the year, as international investors start to question the sustainability of Britain's public finances in the face of the new Truss administration's determination to both offset higher energy bills and cut tax rates across the board. The energy bill support package was announced shortly before UK politics was put on hold following the death of the Queen. But no sooner had the mourning period ended than Friday's mini-budget put politics front and centre once again with a radical set of supply-side reforms and tax cuts designed to prioritise growth ahead of the next general election, which must be held within roughly two years. Most contentious was the abolition of the 45% top rate of income tax, which by definition favours the richest in the country at a time when many are struggling with the cost of living crisis. But there were other expensive tax giveaways targeting the broader population too, including a one pence in the pound reduction in the basic rate of income tax and a significantly more favourable stamp duty regime to boost the housing market. The problem from a market perspective is that the government is reliant on rapid economic growth to fund the massive extra cost of energy support and tax cuts. The currency and bond markets are sceptical, with the yield on government bonds signifying the greater compensation that investors are demanding to lend to the government. The government's fiscal largesse creates a problem for the Bank of England on a number of fronts. First, because the economic stimulus it represents makes it less likely that inflation will be brought under control. It means interest rates may have to rise more quickly and stay higher for longer than would otherwise have been the case. The falling pound exacerbates the inflation problem because it pushes up the cost of imported goods such as energy and food, two of the biggest drivers of rising prices. So talk has turned to the possibility of an emergency rate hike by the Bank of England, something it would undoubtedly like to avoid given the sense it would convey that matters are spinning out of control. The bank has not raised rates between scheduled meetings since it gained its independence in 1997. The falling pound is not just about sterling weakness, of course. There's an element of dollar strength at play too, which is a consequence of both the US's currently better economic performance and prospects, and also the determination of the Federal Reserve to push interest rates higher to overcome inflation. All other things being equal, this raises the attraction of holding dollar-denominated assets and so pushes the US currency higher. 
The fact that this is part of the story is confirmed by the weakness of other currencies such as the euro and the yen compared to the dollar. Both of these currencies are also at multi-year lows compared with the US dollar. Indeed, the Japanese Ministry of Finance intervened in currency markets last week for the first time in many years to support the currency. The fast-changing outlook for US rates, and so the dollar, was confirmed last week when, for a third consecutive Fed meeting, interest rates were hiked by 0.75 percentage points to between 3 and 3.25%, increasing pressure on other central banks to follow suit, which they did. The Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank also raised rates last week. The expected peak in interest rates has also been raised to 4.7% next year, and markets now think that rates will stay higher for longer before a slowing economy and reduced inflation allows them to start falling again. With longer-term inflation expectations now falling, but interest rates staying high, the real or inflation-adjusted level of bond yields is now firmly in positive territory where policy squeezes activity. This is deliberate. The Fed and other central banks now accept that they have to risk driving the economy into recession if they are to achieve their inflation goals. This is naturally having a negative impact on both bond and stock markets. Bonds are falling as yields rise, as a product of arithmetic, bond yields and bond prices move in opposite directions. Shares are falling for two reasons. First, because investors are concerned that corporate earnings will fall in a recession. Secondly, in that environment, investors are prepared to pay less for those uncertain earnings. Valuations are falling. It's the combination of the two that's so damaging for markets. To illustrate this, if average US market earnings rise as expected to $235 per share, and investors are prepared to pay 15 times those forecast earnings, then the S&P 500 will trade at 3,500. That's not far from the current level. However, if earnings don't grow and remain at the current $220, and investors are only prepared to pay, say, 13 times those lower earnings, that would imply a level for the US benchmark index of just 2,900, a very significant difference. So the outlook for earnings when the next reporting season begins in a few weeks' time is clearly very important. At the moment, expectations remain for a 10% increase in earnings per share for 2022 as a whole, although this is driven to a large extent by energy stocks. If you strip these out, the expected growth rate is closer to 3%. And it would not take much for those estimates to fall to zero growth or even a decline if the economy takes a turn for the worse. So the US stock market has now fallen by around 23% year to date. So it's clearly already factored in quite some deterioration in conditions. Even in the US, some of the technical indicators are starting to look overstretched. The percentage of companies trading above their average of the past 20 trading days is now just 3%, which really is bottom of bear market territory. Investor surveys show sentiment is at new extreme levels. But the numbers suggest that the market could have a way to go yet before investors start to feel that it has become absurdly cheap. Other markets around the world, by the way, are significantly less highly valued than the US, so they may be closer to pricing in that worsening outlook. In Japan, for example, the average valuation multiple 
has fallen from 18 to 12 in about a year and a half. Here in Britain, shares are even cheaper, barely into double digits on that measure. Emerging market shares continue to hit new lows. For investors looking for opportunities, the bond market is perhaps a better hunting ground. At 3.8%, the yield on the 10-year US Treasury bond is now well above its pre-pandemic cyclical high. As inflation expectations fall, illustrated by measures like global shipping rates, the pressure will ease on the Fed and, Fed and rates will in due course turn lower. So the outlook for a rise in bond prices from here is pretty good over anything but the shortest timescale. Investors looking for other indications that we are firmly on the path towards recession and so in due course lower interest rates could look at the oil price. The cost of a barrel of Brent crude, a bellwether for the health of the global economy, is currently under $86. Within the last year, it's traded as high as $139. So there's clearly been a massive reset of expectations within the oil market. As recently as June, oil traded above $120 a barrel. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.